On today's show, we talk to a man whose new stepson is trashing his home, and he wants to know what to do next. We also talk to a woman whose parents are getting divorced, dad has gotten into drugs, and she wants to know what to do next. Stay tuned. Hey, what's up, what's up? It's John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Hope you're doing well wherever you happen to be. I hope it's not freezing, covered in snow. It's, it's cold here, but it's beautiful outside. Um, so, hey, we're so new books out. Make sure, please, please, please go to johndeloney.com and pre-order this thing. It comes with a bajillion dollars worth of free counseling, a month of free counseling with BetterHelp and audiobooks and all kind of stuff. I was recording the audiobook the other day, and I had this genius idea that gummy bears would help coat my throat. And you just stand there for hours, and you're reading and reading. And they were working great. But then James pointed out, we were reading the section in the book where we talk about what our food does to our mental health and our physical health. And James is like, this is kind of ironic that you're deceiving the audience by reading this section about sugar and junk food while you're mainlining gummy candies. And then Chris Miller decides to kick me while I'm down and says, sends me this meme, and it says, I hope that when I inevitably choke to death on gummy bears, people will just say, I was killed by bears, and leave it at that. And I actually love that. Way to go, man. Way to go. But, hey, James, you kind of gave me a, like a, like a uh, what do you call it, like an ethical crisis. I quit eating gummy bears over the weekend. I just went cold turkey. I'm done. I'm off the, I'm off the sauce. Proud of you. I'm never having one again. As long as I live, I will never eat another one. This is the irony of you asking the the journal prompts at the end of the chapter saying, how often are you eating foods that are in packages? And right below you, right below the microphone is a bag of gummy candies. Listen. (laughs) Hope this feels good, James. All right, let's go to Michael in Philadelphia. Hey, Michael, what's up, man? Hey, Dr. John, how are you today? I'm... You clearly see I'm still trying to figure out how to use this phone, so sorry for hanging up on you just now. I'm an idiot. That's okay. I'll get it. Yeah, you'll, you'll get used to it. I know, right? You'd think. <laughs> how about it? Hey, so what's up, man? How can I help? <laughs> okay. Um, I'll give you the short story, and you take it from there. Um, basically, what I have is uh, my wife and I are 57 years old. We started dating about four years ago, and about a year ago... She moved in with me, and we got married last September. Now, since she moved in with me a year ago, she let her son, who's 23 years old, move into her home. We both had our own home. She moved into mine, and she let her son move into her home. Now, her son is a hoarder, and we're now dealing with a year later with, um, we have junk cars all over the lawn. We have car parts all over her property. Uh, the inside of the house is a mess. And my instinct is to tell her, give them a, give them an ultimatum or give them a deadline. Say, Hey, you need to buy such and such a date. You got to get rid of this stuff or else. And she's got a very difficult time doing that with him. And I'm having a difficult time with her difficulty. Her deal. Yeah, because, you know, I don't want to overstep my bounds 
in a sense of, you know, me stepping in and, and dictating things to him, you know, sure. I'm trying to do it through her. So are you, did y'all sign a prenup of any sort? How, how have you divided up your finances? Well, since we got married, and I've been a, a Dave Ramsey baby stepper for the last five years, so we've basically combined all of our, our all of our finances, and everything is together. And okay. uh, so, the reason I'm asking so, is is at the beginning of this call, you were talking about your house and her house, and I know it's different when you're getting married at 57; it can feel different, but. It would sound like when you get married, it's your house and your and y'all's house and y'all's house. Correct, and that's the way we're that's the way we're treating okay, it. I just, okay. for, for the sake of this discussion, I just wanted to let you know we both had our separate homes. You okay, know, right okay. now, as far as I'm concerned, what's mine is hers, and what's hers. Is, there you go. Is okay, mine. so yeah, do you need this house? I mean, is it going to help pay the bills? Is it part of a retirement plan? It is part of a retirement plan. Okay. Um, we we um, are in the process of planning our retirement, and we will need that home and my home uh, to be able to, to, to do what we want to do in retirement. Okay. So a couple of things to think through, and I know you know these things. I'm just going to say them out loud just for both of us, sure. okay? Yep. The first thing is the 23-year-old son, this didn't just crop up when he was 22. So my guess is there's a dynamic between the two of them and any other family members, his, his biological father, et cetera, that has led to some sort of traumatic childhood or challenges that have led to this moment, some sort of interaction. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. And often did he have a rough childhood? He did. Okay. He did. He didn't. He primarily didn't have a father figure in his life. Okay. Um, his father, although he's been in contact with his son, was not really a, um, for the lack of a better term, a disciplinarian. Okay. As far as, as in his in his upbringing. And so, does your wife? Does his mom have a hard time? Is she still living out of "I'm going to make it up to you"? She has a hard time holding him accountable. I, I, yeah, I think part, I think that is part of it. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So ultimately here, I think we start with you and your wife because this is, sounds like it's the first big test of your new marriage, but y'all are on way different pages here. And I may, I know there's some, uh, there's some, uh, what do you call it? There's some translation issues between some of my best friends on planet earth are from the Philadelphia area. And we used to laugh about the translation issues between Texas and Philadelphia. But I can pick up, I feel like I'm picking up, tell me if I'm wrong, I'm picking up. You are starting to look at her a little bit differently. Like, how are you going to let somebody do this to your stuff? And she says, well, it's just my son. And now this is is leaving being about some guy's trash in your house to, oh, man, who did I marry? Am I right or wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. Um, to a degree, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I, here, here's my frustration comes with her, um, being, uh, I, I guess the best way to put this is that I, you know, my, what I say to her every once in a while is that because I have, well, I also have two 23 year olds. Also, I have two twin. I have twins that are 23 years old 
And I, at one point, made the mistake of saying, well, I wouldn't let my kids do this. No, don't say that. And I, I know, I know, I it's know, right. I know. It's and right. I, and hey, I you thought learned. about it. You learned. You said you're and, sorry. And, it's good. No, yeah, I did. And and I also know that, um, you know, he, he's also been diagnosed with, you know, ADHD. And, you know, she has, uh, she's been diagnosed with, with depression. Okay. And so I try to... I look at first I was like, you know, what the hell's going well, Why are you letting him do this? And to now I kind of sit back and I kind of try to talk it out with her and say, well, what kind of, what, how are we going to handle this? How right. are we going to, what are we going to do? I mean, obviously you can't just say we're going to kick you out of your, you know, we're going to kick you out of the house, but. So, Hey, what I I'm telling what you, Michael, Michael, is, would do to me. <laughs> Michael, that's, that's exactly what has to happen. And okay. ADHD is not an excuse to trash somebody's home. Right. ADHD is not an excuse or OCD or a clinical hoarder. That's um, not an excuse to destroy somebody's property or to not take care of yourself or to not be hygienic or whatever the struggles and challenges are, that are happening. Those are a context. Right. That is a that is um, a way you lean. That's a way that your body naturally responds to certain things, whether it's environmental or it's um, genetic. It, well, it's actually, it's a combination of both of those. But there's, there's a bunch of reasons. So I want you to keep in your, in your mind, both and. Yes, my mm-hmm. wife is, is, has a tendency to run low. She's had a, ch- like, man, she got left. The guy was a jerk, whatever. She's had struggles for who knows how long. Right. She struggles with depression and... She's got to set up an environment where she can be successful financially, where she's going to have food to eat, where she can help her kids be accountable. She can take care of her family. And so, and same with him. He's got struggles of all sorts. No, No question about that. And he's got to have a situation that holds him accountable. And he's got to have a situation where people care about him and love about him, but aren't going to enable him to destroy something. Because here's the thing. He's just going to go to the next thing, and he's going to go to the next thing, and he's going to go to the next thing. So Right. I, and, I, and, yeah. So, so the question, I think, between you and your wife is, I know that you – I'm thinking about me and my wife. Um, if okay. somebody came in and said somebody – yelled and screamed, a grown-up yelled and screamed at our daughter, who's six, in the parking lot. And uh, it's the parent of one of her classmates. My tendency to respond, my, I mean, my, my default setting in that situation, I'm probably going to go to jail, right? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to handle right. that well. She, on the other hand, my wife, would be able to handle that differently. And I say be able to. I could be able to. I'm just saying my, my tendency. And so she would say, I'm going to have this conversation first. And I would exhale really deeply and say, that's probably wise. And then in a week or so, or a couple of days, you see what I'm saying? So I want you to say to your wife and say, the reality is we have to have this house. The reality is what's, what's, what we're allowing to happen right now with our son, uh, with our home is not working. So we all can agree that something different has to happen. Honey, I've heard you that you can't be the one that makes this call. Right. Can I have permission? Can I have permission to make this call? I will sit with you on your side of the table when we have a hard conversation with your son. 
I will. You, you get what I'm saying? I want yeah, you to say, how, that's what I'm looking for. How can I support you as we have to do what we have to do? Because with someone struggling with depression, she knows that he's got to get help. She knows that she can't let him just trash the house. And the fact that she's not, I would say can't, um, can't act on that makes the depression worse, right? It makes that shame spiral deeper and deeper and deeper. It could, oh, yeah. It yeah. could be that she I've writes him a letter. It. it could be that she, any number of ways, but I want you to reach out to her and say, okay, we all know this has to happen. And also, I don't want to put more pressure on you than you are capable of carrying right now. I'm your husband. I agreed to partner up with this deal. What can I do? And yeah. then lean into, and you may be, have to be the bad guy in this thing, and you may kick him out, and she blames you for it. And that's where you yeah, well, that, and her and a marriage counselor work. She has she already done that. Well, she she has, but then you know he doesn't do anything and kind of falls on deaf ears, and he doesn't really, you know, um, okay, mom, okay, mom, I'll I'll start cleaning everything up and I'll start getting things taken care of, and and then you know a week goes by, and two weeks goes by, and you know a month goes by, and the conditions are still the same, and nothing's changed, and. So take you know, take him out of the equation. Frustrated. Take him out of the equation. If you had to just a renter, okay. would you let him destroy your home like this? Well, no. I know I, I've I, no, of course not. Absolutely not. No yeah. chance. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, struggles so and challenges in, are not excuses to destroy. So in supporting her in, in, you know, coming to some sort of a, um, a solution to this, I mean, is, is this coming down to an ultimatum? Like, hey, you've got until, you know, such and such a date to have this taken care of, or we're going to be forced to do something we don't necessarily, and it's something we don't want to have to do. So I would sit with him and say, you, son, hold all the cards. Anything that happens after this point is something that you are choosing. I have drawn yeah. the boundary. I have decided that I'm not going to have anybody trash my home. I've decided that I've looked at the math and I need this home. Your mom and I need this home to be able to eat when we're older. Everything yeah. else you're going to choose. You're going to choose how long you're going to live in this house. You're going to choose to um, whether – the police come and escort you out of here and all of this stuff is thrown in the dump. You get to choose all of these things. But here's what's going to happen. By this date, everything will be cleaned out of the yard, period, full stop. Or I'm sending the sheriff over and we're going to evict you. Or you start. You can't do that. It'd be 30 days and plus another 30 days. So you have to sign the eviction papers. But yeah. you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And when it's oh, like, yeah, you're, yeah, you're kicking me out. No, young man, you chose... To not ha live in this particular house right. because you chose to keep everything out there. Even and he's if taken that sort of stance before too, you know, like right away he he tries to turn it around like it's our fault that we're coming down on him. Yep. Nope. You know? not, and, I, and hey, so. I would stop that nonsense in the middle of a conversation. Like, well, you guys just no, stop. We're only working forward today. So effective today, this house gets cleaned up. And I'll pay for three months of mental health care for you if you need to go see a counselor. I will, I don't know, I'll get a group of buddies from work yeah, and help load up the junk in one of those day trailers. Or I mean those, um, you know, those portable, I don't know, they're those big metal pod things. Yeah, right. And, you know, 
and I've and I've suggested all those things you just mentioned, and, and I have. But what you haven't you know, done, you uh, haven't though put a, put a or what? And yes, we are at ultimatum time. Okay. Because okay. Michael, here's what's That's, next. You know what's next? Your marriage. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, it hasn't really put too much of a toll on it's that coming. yet. It's coming. It's coming. I I know. I, I see the clouds coming. Yeah, it's coming. And yeah. man, I don't want that for you. I don't want that for your wife. I don't want that for this twenty-three-year-old. Yeah, and and I'm trying really hard. And and I know you, know, you are, brother. I, I, know I also you are. don't want to. And I also don't want to paint him as like you know like a like some kind of a. He's a really good kid, of course. Which he's doesn't struggling. take away from what he's doing. He's struggling, you know. Right. I mean, yeah, he's. I mean, he'd do anything for anybody. If I mentioned I needed a shed in my backyard, he'd be there the next day, you know, with tools and building me a shed in my backyard. But when he should be doing taking care of that, well, and the know? one person so, he can't care mm-hmm. for is him. No one's ever showed him what that looks like. Yes, yes. And this I may agree. be the first time somebody says, "Here's what care and love looks like," and it's holding firm boundaries, holding you accountable. And for the first time, when I tell you, and you need to say this in a good Philadelphia accent, (laughs) you, a bunch of people in his life have said, hey man, you got to do this or else. And they haven't held true. And he needs to walk away. Probably, you know what? Put it in writing, put it in writing and hand it to him. He needs to walk away from the table, understanding if this doesn't happen, this guy's serious. My mom is serious. All of this, though, brother, starts with y'all two having a conversation, you and your wife, going out and saying, what's our, what's our, what's our or what moment? What is our plan? And how can I support and love you? This is your son, but it's our home. How can I support and love you? I'll be the bad guy. I'll have the conversation. I will lay out the plan. I'll type it, whatever you need to do. But this has got to happen. It's got to happen. Be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. For too long, we've avoided the hard conversations about mental health, relationships, and the food we eat. And I don't want it to be true either, but it is. The quality and quantity of the food that we put into our body, it matters. And oftentimes, we're forced to decide between cheap food that's good for our budget or expensive food that's good for our family. But there's a company that solved the problem. Greensberry is a family-owned meat provider working with farmers and fishermen all over the country. They sell organic grass-fed beef, free-range poultry, pork, lamb, bison, and sustainable seafood. Their meat is less expensive than what I can get at the grocery store right down the street, and they deliver it to my door. Now listen, I'm a lunatic about meat quality, and this is the stuff I feed my family. So go to greensberry.com slash Deloney and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Check it out today. Your nutrition is worth it. Greensberry.com. That's G-R-E-E-N-S-B-U-R-Y.com. All right. Hey, we're back, Jack. Let's go to Suzanne in Cleveland, Ohio. What's up, Suzanne? Hi, Dr. John. Hey, big win for Ohio yesterday, right? Oh, yeah. You don't have any idea what I'm talking about, do you? Nope, nope. I don't want to be on. <laughs> you are awesome. Dude, the, the Bengals won, man. Oh. <laughs> I'm really sad about that, but um, by the time this show is over, the Super Bowl won't be long over. But uh, there's an Ohio team. Never, never. It's a game called football. It's a whole mess. All right, so what's up, Suzanne? How can I help? Okay, so this is a lot, but bear with me. Hey, um, bring it on. 
my parents are in the middle of a very messy divorce. It's probably an understatement. Um, and my dad over the past year has been making progressively worse and worse and worse choices. And, um, I'm just trying to figure out how to handle all of it and what my position is to like where to step in. Um, process. <laughs> so you use some very eloquent distancing language. I would love, what does, what does messy divorce mean? Um, well, oh, there's a lot, <laughs> uh, messy divorce. Like they can't like, they, they won't, they can't be in like the same room together. My parents and my dad's refusing to sign divorce papers. So it's like, he's just kind of getting pushed along through all of this. What started um, all of this? What started all of it? Um, well, oh goodness, a lot. My my dad growing up was kind of abusive, and um, no such, no such thing as kind of abusive. What kind of abusive was he? Uh, verbally and physically to my mom, I would say. Okay. And financially. Yeah. God, I hate that very feel. much so financially. What was the so, What was the inciting incident that she just said enough's enough? Um. We found out that he there was some infidelity on his part. Um, there was infidelity on her, my mom's part as well. That's kind of what started the whole like downfall of everything. And then he wanted to work things out. And then, yeah. And then it, it got the end was when it, we found out that it was him too. Hmm. And your mom just said, let's just call it. Uh, my mom changed all the locks on the door. <laughs> So, <laughs> so y'all grow up, he's abusive, he's physically abusive, he's verbally abusive, he plays power games with money. Your mom, oh, very much so, your mom has eyes for somebody else, has an affair or two or three or four, and he finds out and says, we should, we should change, let's figure, let's come back together. And then she says, all right, I'm in. And then she finds out he's been cheating on her. And she yeah, says, I mean, the, 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 we should like get back together. That was probably like six years and of them trying to make things work. And, but it, it was a lot of counseling sessions and nothing came out of it. My dad was very, that's when the peak abusive stuff okay. happened. I would for sure watch this that. TV show, by the way, for sure. Uh, oh, oh! You haven't even gotten to like the juicy part yet. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> <It's> way better. <laughs> when you say he's making in increasingly worse choices, what does that mean? Okay, so in the last year, he um, like started partying pretty hard, and then um, <laughs> yes, how old is yeah. he? Uh, sixty-five. Seems like a good time oh, to start partying. No, sorry, 50 56, 56, or 58, somewhere 58. in there. <laughs> okay, so he just decided, I'm going to let the, um, I'm, and, okay, I'm going to start partying. Then what happened? Yeah, he started partying, um, and then last year, he joined a motorcycle gang. Dude, your dad's in Sons of Anarchy. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's been a bit frustrating, Um because I can't even have like a conversation with him anymore without that being all that's talked about. Just his gang. Um, did he, is he, so motorcycle gang, it's got a connotation to it, but I knew some guys that were in a, um, a great, great group. Is he looking for connection and camaraderie or is he, is he? Like, yeah. Not making, definitely looking for connection and camaraderie, but 
they're they're getting into some not so good things. Okay. All right. Okay. So it's not influencing him in a good way. Like we grew up in church and stuff and there's like I I just I just the what kicked off all of this in my call to you is that I just found out about three weeks ago um that he um pressured my little brother who is about 21 into doing mess with him. Oh, God. And I'm that wondering sucks. if it's a problem. And I was told this by what? my brother in complete well, confidence. What do you mean? You're wondering oh, if this is a problem? Yeah, no, I, I get that. It's very All right, okay, good. All right. Thank you. <laughs> More so like a, like an addiction problem. Cause he's also lost like a hundred pounds in the last two months. Meth will do that to you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, what's your question? So I wasn't supposed to tell anybody about this. And my my dad has custody of my brothers on the weekend, and I'm not supposed to tell my mom about this, but then I did tell her, but now we all don't know what to do because I don't want to ruin the relationship between me and my brother because I told my mom. So the, uh, but, tell me about the, to be confronted. the kids in the custody. There's children involved? Yeah, I have a 10-year-old brother and a 15-year-old brother that's seen my dad on the weekend. Holy smokes, yeah. So this conversation just took a, a significant turn. And yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. So, number one, I was poking some fun and all this. I know this is super hard for you. Before we get into yeah. what we need to do, have you sat down and grieved this? This is shapeshifter for you. Um... There's been a lot of crying. I don't know if I've fully grieved it. It definitely keeps me up at night. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a couple of things. And I, that- I'm I'm married out of the house. with. I just had my first daughter uh, two months ago. So, like, like, yeah, it's definitely, like, just overflowing into that relationship. So, yep. I don't Big know. It's, it's a lot. Big time, yeah. <laughs> so, my guess is you're going to have to spend some time, whether it's with you in a notebook writing some letters, some imaginary letters that you're never going to send. One of which is probably when you were a little girl to your dad. Like, what was so bad about me as a seven-year-old that you had to yell at me like that? And how dare you hit mommy, right? And you need to process that. You need to process when you found out that mom had cheated on dad. And like, mom, that's not how you raised us. Like, what happened? Like, what? You know what I mean? And... Then you're going to have to process and grieve watching your dad literally wither away in front of you. Yeah. And then, so there's a both and to this. You've got to grieve that hard stuff. And there's a whole, that's a whole process. Given what you grew up with, if you haven't spent time with a counselor, you probably should. Um, if you haven't ever sat down and told your husband some of the hard stuff, you probably should. Um, yeah, he's really supportive. He knows a lot of. He's probably too involved in all of it as well. <laughs> well, he loves you, right? And he's yeah, not going to be that yes, kind of guy. You probably married well. To you didn't repeat the cycle, did you? No, it's no, awesome. Not awesome. at all. He's an awesome dad, and I love him. We were, we're yeah, we're great. <laughs> so what will happen is, as your daughter gets older, your body will begin remembering her trajectory through this system. It will remember you at four, and it will remember you at seven. It will remember you at 14 when your dad said this or did that or his buddy came over and looked at you like this. Those things will begin to come up as your daughter grows up if they haven't already. 
And so dealing with this trauma, dealing with this, uh, grieving this is so important for you, for your relationship with your daughter, for your relationship with your husband, but for you, for you. Like I said, it's keeping you up at night and I want you to have a night's sleep. Okay. I want you to have peace. So here's the both and. So you got to grieve what happened. You got to own what happened and you got to deal with the tornado that's sitting right on top of your house right now. Yeah. If you know somebody is sharing meth with, with their child, with their 21-year-old, then I'm going to sit down with my younger brother and say, hey, I need you to know as the adult. How old are you? 24. Yeah. As the older sister, I'm going to break your heart here. I'm going to make you sad. And I have to, you have to know that I really wrestled with this. I wrestled so hard I called some Yahoo on a podcast and asked what he you know, know like <laughs> yeah. he needs to know that this wasn't easy, but that you have to throw a flag on this because you cannot in good conscience or in without violation of the law send your brothers back into this man's mess. You can't. Yeah. And so what has to happen is and it's gonna be a mess. It's gonna I mean, you gotta know you didn't create this mess. You're getting in the middle of it to help solve it because you're, you're got two children involved here. Yeah. If this was just your 60 year old man, like, like just, man, just kind of spinning off into the future here. Like I'm just going to do drugs and join a motorcycle gang and head, like that's something to grieve. There's not a lot you can do about that. Yeah. What you can do and you must do is get involved on behalf of these little kids because no other adult is stepping up for them. I hate, hate, hate that you have to be the one to do this because you're a big sister, but nobody else is. I'm just trying to figure out like, well, I'm like my, my mom is also like trying to figure out, like we're both in it, like trying to figure out how do I like go about, I don't, I don't even know how to begin this conversation. My dad doesn't, he likes to deny. Yeah, there is (laughs) no, there is no conversation. Here's how this is going to go down. One, you have a conversation with your brother and you say, I can't keep my mouth shut about this. This is happening. Number yeah. two, you, your mom, not you, but your mom files a custody request with her attorney and said, I've got information that he used drugs using meth with one of my other kids and I'm no longer comfortable. He, my kids are no longer safe going to visit with him. And that should trigger some sort of, in the state of Texas, it was CPS. Every state's got different, but Child Protective Services will get in and do an investigation. And they will show up and potentially drug test him. They will potentially do a house visit. There's all kinds of things that once that, that ball gets rolling. And okay. all of that is, I don't want a 10-year-old in that environment. Yeah. And it's not even the motorcycle stuff. I don't have, I don't have a problem with that. I don't know anything about the gang, but I don't, I don't have a problem with that inherently. I have a problem with a dad who's doing drugs with their kids, especially meth. For God's sake. Yeah. I mean, I don't like know that he's doing that in front of the younger kids. And I would like to hope that he has enough integrity not to, I mean, he doesn't have the integrity to do. Yeah. (laughs) See, there you go. Here's the thing. You and your mom have been talking in circles for a long, 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 long time. Yeah. (laughs) And somebody has to finally, finally, finally be the adult. Yeah. And I hate that it's a falling on you. Because it should be dad and it should be mom. Yeah. But somebody's got to do it. And your little brother, your 21-year-old, he, he should know. 
He's going to get in trouble, and Dad's going to call him a snitch, and there's going to be a whole bunch of things. And actually what's going to happen is he's going to end up denying it probably. He'll deny it, or Dad will deny it. There'll be a big he said, she said, or he said, he said, whatever. And it'll cause drama, and that's why you got to get the attorneys involved. Yeah. And, or the court involved. And they may do nothing. Wouldn't surprise me. But you at least let Dad know, hey, this kind of behavior is not cool. Even if you go as his daughter and write him a letter and say, you can't do this with my brothers and sisters and my brothers. You can't, yeah. do it. can't do it. So like, what if he just denies it? And like, how would I know if he's actually honest about not doing it anymore? Has he ever been honest with you before? No. Has your brother ever lied to you? Or that's, that's a bad no. question. Brothers lie all the time. Uh-huh. Was he lying when he told you? Oh, no, most definitely not. He felt horrible. He was almost crying telling me about it. There you go. So, of course, of course he's going to deny it. There's no question about that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not doing an investigation to see if this really happened. What you're doing is you're stepping in to protect two children. Yeah. And protecting means you're going to call the right people, whether that's the authorities, whether that is um, the courts, whoever. And your mom's going to be involved in that. And hopefully, hopefully, your mom steps in on behalf of those two little kids. Oh, she will. Okay. I don't have doubt in that. Yeah, I I think. Yeah, we just both have been so clueless on, like, I'm just scared if we take my, to be completely honest, I know that it's not fair for, for them to be in the middle of it, but I'm terrified of what will what my dad will do if he loses custody of them. Just as far as I'm alert, already concerned about his will to live, to be mm. completely honest. So let me clear this I, up right now. Okay. If your dad hurts himself, that will not ever be on you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you believe me? Um, you don't, and that's okay. I know what you're saying that's is okay. true. That's, uh, that's a great way to say that. That's that was that was very eloquent, Suzanne. Yes, um, you know what I'm saying is true, but you don't believe me, and I get that. Totally get that. Um, he's had a hard row, and he's making some not healthy, good, smart choices, and it's heartbreaking to watch someone you love uh, fall apart. Even if you reach out and tell Dad I love you, but you can't do meth around my brothers. Can't do it. They can't. I can't have them be over there. Um, let's try a, a custody for a year at mom's, and we don't even have to get the courts involved. And once you get stuff cleaned up, and he'll fight and say no, but at least you can look him in the eye and say I love you, or write him a letter so he can read it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And maybe you don't love him, and I don't want to put that on you. Maybe he has hurt you and your mom and your family, and now your little brother so long. That you're done with that part. Now it's just about, I'm going to protect my family. Is that where you are? Yeah. Um, no, I I do really love him. I actually didn't have a relationship with him, except for in the last three years, we were able to build a relationship, and then all of this started happening. And it's <laughs> Will he hear you? Can, can he talk no, to you? No, I don't know how to be around him. I, I don't know. I, I doubt it, honestly, but... Yeah. I would try. <laughs> so if you're safe, if you feel safe, yeah, maybe that's the the breakfast lo- <laughs> the breakfast meeting that I love so much. 
and you have a, re- a handwritten letter that you hand him at that at that breakfast. And yeah. you say, here it is. I'm worried about you. You lost 100 pounds. It's clear that you're doing drugs. I can't have my brothers in this situation. I need you to know that I love you. Um, and I, I so want my dad back. Yeah. And also, I've got to get in the middle and protect my brothers. And yeah. so you can turn over custody for a while. You can let them come, like, miss their visits for six months, for a year while you get cleaned up. Um, or mom's going, that's to go to court. That's the only option. And that's the choice he's making, yeah. not y'all. Right? Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. And this is so, so hard. I'm sorry. I'm heartbroken for you, Suzanne. Yeah. It's a lot. It's so, yeah, it's so much. And it's one of that old, like, not by your hand, but in your lap. You didn't ask for it, and here it is. Bam-o, right? Yeah. But yeah. I keep wanting, I, and whenever this gets hard, I always want to circle back to those little kids. Yeah. And they have somebody, some, that an adult has to step in for them. Has to step in for them. The, uh, st- stay on the line here, Suzanne. I'm going to give you, a, I'm going to send you a copy of this new book. It, my new book is called Own Your Past, Change Your Future. And... It's exactly what we're talking about here. You got to own the stuff that's ha- what's happened. You got to grieve it, and then you got to be about doing the hard, gut wrenching, hard stuff of changing what comes next. Whew. We'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. One of the most common questions I get on my show is, "How do you get something off your chest? Right, like a deep secret that you've never told anyone, or maybe it's something that happened to you." Or maybe it's something you've done that you're ashamed about or worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption across your life. All of us, every single one of us, have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this all the time, secrets will kill you. But it's often so hard to know where to start. If you need to get something off your chest and you don't have a safe person to talk to, you may want to try therapy. Therapy is a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. And if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, it's super flexible, and it's suited to fit your schedule, whatever your schedule happens to be. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra money. Listen, it's time to get those secrets off your chest. Start with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we are back. Um, I'm going to try something a little bit different today. We've been getting so many emails, and I feel bad. We do three shows. We're talking about expanding the number of shows we do. We're talking about expanding the number of emails we do. I mean, the number of calls we do each show. We just get so many, and some of these are so good. Um, I wanted to take just a few minutes to answer a couple of these emails real fast. Um, these are some great ones, and the either the caller didn't want to decided they didn't want to be on the show after all, or um, just booking folks. We got so many calls lined up. But we got this one call here from San Antonio, from Jan. It says, my son just revealed that his wife confessed to a six-month-long affair with a coworker. Our family is understandably angry at his wife, but my son wants to work through forgiveness and reconciliation. 
My question is, how do we navigate this as a family, showing love and forgiveness, yet working through the complete lack of trust we all have for her and the hurt we feel? Oh, great, great question. This reminds me of my friend, I think it's Jennifer. She's in the, like, she is one of the best, most wonderful people on the planet. And what makes her awesome is there's been once a few times that she said, hey, I met somebody, but I think you've talked about them. Are we friends with them? And I love the way she asked that. Like, I'll burn their house down if we need to, but I kind of like them. So if it's cool, like, and so I have friends like, like that I'm so ride or die with that are, if you hurt my friends, if you hurt my family members, man. It's hard for me. It's hard. I have a loyalty issue, pathologically so. And when it comes to imagining somebody cheating on, like, you know, on my kid, the amount of hurt that would cause, the amount of devastation, that would, all that would just be so hard. And then my son turns and says, or my daughter turns and says, I'm going to work through this. I've forgiven her. I'm asking you to forgive her. Um, I'm going to have her a part of my life. And if y'all want to be a part of my life, she's, she, she's, we're a package deal. So here's a couple of things, um, that I would think through here. Number one, never, ever, ever, ever talk bad about his wife. Two reasons. Number one, you never know as much as you think, you know, your son, you, you as parents never know what's going on behind closed doors. Same thing goes with friends. Like my friend, you never know what's going on behind closed doors. Not that there's ever an excuse to have a six month long affair, but I'm just saying you never know what's going on behind closed doors. There's always another side to a story. So that's why number one, you don't talk bad. Number two is if you come out of the gate, I can't believe she did this. She's a this, she's a that, oh my, whatever. And then they get married or they stay married. And then she becomes the mother of your grandkids. Those words will always ring in her head. Those words will always ring in your son's head. So don't. Don't talk bad. Ask your son how he's doing. Know that she is probably struggling too. I'm going to tell you something crazy. Reach out and see how she's doing. Because it looks like she is going to be bathed in shame and guilt and heartbreak and all the mess that comes with this. So reach out to both of them and see if they're doing okay. Let her know if she needs anything, you'll be there. You'll respond. And I know, you forget that, dude. If anyone hurts my son, what I'm telling you is finding somebody new to hate never solves anything. Forgiveness does. And I know that's hard. I know it's hard. So number one, don't ever say anything negative or bad. Number two, be very clear about your boundaries. Very clear. Whatever they happen to be. Son, if you get back with her, y'all will not be welcome in our home. If that's your boundary, be big boys and girls and draw the boundary. Draw the line. If you get back with him, I'm taking you out of the will. I just need you to know that. Cool. If you go to that church, I will not support you. If you, whatever it happens to be, if you're going to make your boundaries, make them clear. Clear as kind. Say them out loud and hold to them. The third thing here is, man, default to hospitality. Invite them over. 
give her a hug, give him a hug, and then just turn the football game on. Because as much as you want this to be y'all's hurt, your son's the one going through this. They're the one that have to live with each other every day and get up and go to bed and get up and go to bed and make this thing work to excavate everything and build something else that's new, get along, get on with forgiveness and reconciliation. This is their journey. What they need is people to anchor in and love them and support them. And not to be judgmental or be like, I saw her on her phone. Do you know what that? Don't do that. Don't do that. Hug them both when they come in. If he says she's back, then she's back. Or unless that violates one of your boundaries. And the meta here is, man, freaking Facebook took meta from me. I got to come up with another word. Unbelievable. The big overarching balloon umbrella thing. I don't even know what to call it. Ben, that's your job. Come up with a new meta word. I don't know what it is, but... I'll I'll think of something. (laughs) Is default to forgiveness, default to hospitality. Man. Default to hugs first. And I know that makes me sound cliche and lame and cheesy, but it's right. All right, and then one more email from Andra. She says... You're always using the phrase spin out. I'd never heard it before, and I've always tried to gather your meaning from context. (laughs) But you don't have a lot of context. Just kidding. She didn't say that. But I don't think my guesses have been correct. Is it a metaphor or colloquial idiom? Colloquial idiom. Well played. You're somebody who uses big grown-up words. (laughs) I use spin out. Yeah, dude. Is this a technical term? Can you please clarify how you mean it? So when I say spin out, it is it's a cloak, it's it is a kind of a catch-all term for when you think, why did he leave his shoes out? He knows that I hate it. It's because he left his shoes out. He always just does things because he knows he's gonna get under my skin because he knows that it makes me mad. And when I get mad, I get irrational. And he doesn't like it when I'm irrational. He likes somebody else. I knew it. I know he's cheating. And all that's he left his shoes out there. That's what I'm talking about spinning out. When your thoughts get pushed down a hill and it's hard to catch them, um, hard to get them back, hard to rein them back in. You are watching the news and they have a clip of a president or a clip of a congressman or woman or something like that. And you get angry and you start to think, well, what about my kids? My kids, if they don't deal with this, then my kids are going to be. And then all of a sudden you are selling, putting all of your retirement into Bitcoin and you're digging a hole in the backyard for you and your family. To, that's what I'm talking about, spinning out. You can also spin out when you're angry. You can also spin out. It's when your emotions override your critical thinking ability. It's when your emotions become the driver of whatever is going on in your life. That is spinning out. So I I wish it was some fancy diagnostic. It's not. You can't really Google spin out. You probably could. It's probably like a skateboard term or something. But that's what I mean when it comes to spin out. So great question. Um, I have learned throughout this podcast that I use words that only me and my high school buddies used or college buddies used. And not a lot of other people in America use them. So there you go. Well, maybe we'll do a, a Delonyism's definition show one day. That'd be a sad show. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build 
a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. James, what do you think? Uh, the GGDs or these guys? We got to go with the dolls, right? No? Yeah, do it. Th- these were both Connor's picks, so. Connor, are these your bands? You love them? Don't ever tell anybody that. You need to keep that secret to yourself. But, Connors, the YouTube guru back here, favorite song of all time, ever. Goo Goo Dolls, song is Better Days. (laughs) Is this what you think of when you're having to work on this show? Like, there's better days out there somewhere. And it goes like this. And you ask me what I want this year, a new job, and I try to make this kind and clear, just a chance that maybe we'll find better days. <laughs> I'm taking this personal, Connor. Because I don't need boxes wrapped in strings and designer love and empty things, just a chance that maybe we'll find better days. And John will move on. So take these words and sing out loud because everyone is forgiven now because tonight's the night the world begins again. I need someplace simple where we could live and something only you could give. And that's faith and trust and peace while we're alive. And the one poor child who saved this world, and there's 10 million more who probably could, we all just stopped and said a prayer for them because everyone is forgiven now because tonight's the night the world begins again and Connor gets a new job. We'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show.